this week on the NFL section of Lighting Money on Fire. The trade deadline is upon us, and it has passed. We lose another NFL bet, but damn it, we were close. So insanely close. A lot more things have happened. Slaughters in Cleveland. Hugh Jackson's head is some rolling down some street somewhere without the body attached to it. It's brutal. We're going to light some money on fire right now with Grant and Jonathan. That was a violent opening. Yeah. Why were you so violent? I don't know. I'm angry. What are you angry about? I'm upset about things. What? Name them. Todd Haley. He's your favorite? You miss him? I miss him so much. <laughs> also, um, Demaryius Thomas. Yeah. What is he? I, he's not going to look right in another jersey, bro. I don't want to see him in a Houston jersey. He's a Bronco through and through. Stuff like that. Stuff like that makes you mad. Makes you want to punch, punch it out. <laughs> well, I hope this isn't something that makes all of you mad. But what we're doing is we're changing the podcast format a little bit. Just a little. Um, we think it's better. We're going we're gonna to have two separate podcasts each week now because, as you know, if you've listened, we only really talk about NFL and NBA um, so we're going to separate those. We're going to talk about the NFL. That's going to be coming out on Tuesday afternoons, and the NBA is going to be coming out on Wednesday afternoons. Yeah, this is an experiment. We're going to see how it goes. Let us know what you think, for sure. You can always tweet at us. We are, you know, at MoneyFirePod. Right, of course. Obviously. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think about that or anything else right. along the way. So this is the NFL podcast. If you uh, are Jones for some NBA stuff, that's coming. It's coming tomorrow. Don't worry. But you should still listen to this because it's going to be fucking sweet. This is going to be good stuff. we got a lot of things to talk about. I mean, it's the NFL about. trade deadline. How can you not listen to this one? Some players switch teams. Some enemies became friends. Some friends became enemies, you know. I know how that works. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I had a, a thing with a neighbor like that once. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Everyone, everyone a little more mature at the end. Yeah. It's really amazing. I, I, I growth through controversy. It's my favorite. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Controversy, not conflict. Controversy. Controversial conflict. Okay. Hey, whatever, man. Yeah. You know I right. support you. Thanks. Um, we're going to do, of course, our fantasy check-in as well in this segment. Where, uh, our, we're going to at least for sure talk about James Conner and Marlon Mack because they are two notable fantasy players from the last week. And, uh, you know, whatever else comes out, I want to talk about some of the best teams in the NFL. I want to talk about the Saints, the Rams, the Pats. The Chiefs, maybe the Panthers. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I want to talk about Super Bowl favorites, though. Okay, that sounds. We get, yeah, that sounds fun. I, I, tell me about it. I know, I'm going to. <laughs> but before we get to any of that, we must review last week's best bet of the week, which was the Rams minus eight and a half hosting Green Bay. Green Bay was in control of this game for a while. They were up ten nothing, and then the Rams came roaring back. Green Bay came roaring back. And it all came down to the Rams are up by three. It's kind of an amazing thing, really. It was, it was beautiful in some ways. They handed off to Todd Gurley with like a minute and very little to go. Maybe 40 seconds left. Todd Gurley burst through for the first down. He's got a clear touchdown, and he chooses not to go in and score. We've only seen this, I think, one other time that I can remember, which is, is it Brian Westbrook back in the day? That sounds right. He was on the Eagles. Um, he falls down at the three-yard line, which is the correct play for sure, but no one in the NFL ever does that. And it hurt us a little bit. Well, it hurt, we lost the bet instead of win the one bet. Because so, we had yeah. minus eight and a half, and that would have gotten us there. Yep. So that was a shame. Very much a shame. <laughs> but and there, of course, it hurt a lot of people who made much bigger bets than us a lot more. Of course, fantasy players were upset as well. 
Although Todd Gurley's been so good. I all mean, year. Todd Gurley, you can't be upset if you have Todd Gurley on your fantasy team. No, of course. It's an not. incredible thing to have Todd Gurley on your fantasy team. But if you lost by less than six points, you might be a little salty about it this morning. All right. Well, let's just talk about that game a little bit because okay. that was maybe the best game of the week. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but certainly that was a great game. Yeah. So, what does this tell us about each team? The Rams are now 8 0, which yep. is the best record in the NFL, and they look amazing. They do. Um, Green Bay looked better than I expected them to for being in LA and playing against that team. Cause I've kind of mm. felt, uh, Green Bay's kind of pretenders this year. It's just like Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of duct tape, you know? I mean, it feels like that's been the case for a few years. Honestly. It does. It does. Um, Green Bay currently, their record is now three, three and one. They've outscored their opposition over the course of the season by two points. That's right. Two points. Rodgers, although been hurt kind of all year, has played every game and has played pretty well every game. So can't hold that against them. The Rams, as you said, 8-0. They've outscored the opposition by 109 points, which leads the league. And uh, they look like the best team in the league to me. They do. It's, I feel like it's them or the Chiefs. Yeah. Probably. I mean, the, the, I mean we're going to talk about that more later. So yeah. let's, let's hold off on that. But what, what do you think about Green Bay? coming out of this game. Mm, I think this is a really tough game for Green Bay. They're supposed to lose. The fact that they were in it and actually had a chance is impressive. Yeah. I think they actually they raised up in stature a little bit in my mind in this game, not lost stature for me, even though their record got oh, I, worse. I agree. I kind of thought the Rams might win by like 21, you know? Yeah. I thought well, that was yeah. a, a big possibility. It did not happen. Green Bay really looked like they might win the game for a while, and then, you know. Rodgers is just so damn good. I mean, like, they got to fire Mike McCarthy, right? Well, I heard talk... Just today on another podcast that they were speculating, I think it was Albert Breer uh, from the NFL Network was speculating that uh, Mike McCarthy might be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in the relatively near future, wow. which is sort of interesting. I, I, the idea would be, of course, that Green Bay doesn't make the playoffs, they fire Mike McCarthy, and the Browns are like, oh my God, yes, please, an actual head coach who's not a coordinator and may not be horrible. Uh, I think he might be horrible, though. I don't know if he is or not. But he's at least had reasonable success for a long time. Well, now he's I think had, he's had Aaron Rodgers for a long well, time. Well, yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, like, he's got this antiquated offensive system that he refuses to change. Can yeah. you imagine, like, an uninjured Rodgers for a second? Just pretend he doesn't have the hamstring issue or the whatever it is, knee issue. Okay. Um, he's a relatively mobile quarterback. Put him in, like, a Chiefs-style system. How effective would he be? He would be insane. It would seem like he would be better. Yeah. <laughs> he still is incredible. Although this game, he was not super great. He was effective when he threw the ball at nine and a half yards per attempt. Only one touchdown, got sacked three times, no interceptions, of course, uh, 18 for 30, 286. Um, but he is obviously as good as it gets at the quarterback position. I, there's, I think it's very reasonable and, and correct to say Brady's the greatest of all time as of now. Sure. Um, Brady's got five rings. Rodgers yeah. has one. Brady's been to eight Super Bowls. Rodgers has been to one. I think that does matter when the numbers are that It does, but unbalanced. I think that might be the Mike McCarthy versus Bill Belichick thing happening as well. It re- I mean, it's really hard to separate these coaches from their quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera, when that's, they sort of ridden all this stuff for so long. It's really hard to know. Like Belichick is an excellent coach, obviously, knows what mm-hmm. he's doing. Yeah. And I don't think Mike McCarthy really does. Like My perception is just that he's like... He's going to not fuck anything up. He's going to plug and play whatever like the easy system is. He's going to let his players shine is probably how he feels. But in the modern NFL, to be more effective, you need to be a little trickier. You need to do a few more things, you know, like you need to be Andy Reid. That would be better, you know, be be Matt Nagy, like try something new. And instead of just being like, okay, Aaron Rodgers, drop back and win the game for us, you know. Is it possible this isn't a failing of Mike McCarthy, but instead of failing of the GMing? and that they just haven't gotten the kinds of players they really need. 
Do you think? That's possible. I mean, I think they've, on, a, on the offensive side, done a reasonable job, at least mm-hmm. with receiving threats for Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure if that's true. It's possible Devonta Adams just looks good because Rodgers is throwing to him. Every year, somebody always looks amazing yeah. because they're the number one receiver. And it's been Randall Cobb. It's been Devonta Adams. It's been... Uh, who was the guy before, before there was, of course, Jordy Nelson, the yeah. guy before Jordy Nelson who wore the hoodie when he played? Oh, James Jones. James Jones. Like, it's always somebody. And right. It's been that way for a decade or more who lo- looks like a superstar. But as soon as they go anywhere else, they're not a superstar. Yeah, I guess it's possible if you put Will Fuller on Green Bay, he, yeah. like, breaks records, you I, know? I mean, imagine a guy who's just a great receiver, period. Like, there's a few guys who are, like, put Julio Jones on that team. Yeah. He's the most athletic guy in the world, right? Like... What's he going to do? How He's going to catch the touchdowns. That, that is like a dream of mine to see that now, thinking about mm. that. Julio Jones on Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers right. throwing to him. That would be I mean, incredible. DeAndre Hopkins also comes to mind. He's a little more yeah. of a possession-type receiver comparatively, but Aaron Rodgers is more actually of like a throw 20 yards down the field kind of a guy than in 60 yards down the field. I think Julio is so. a better fit because Julio is, like you're saying, Julio is like a separation guy, and Aaron Rodgers can hit him perfectly Yep, and like with accuracy. I mean, they're both would do. Yeah. They, but they, I think either one of those guys, we would see receiver numbers maybe we've never seen before. Yeah. Either one. I agree. Maybe different kinds of receiver numbers. Like maybe Julio breaks the record for most yardage and DeAndre makes the, breaks the record for most receptions. Or most touchdowns yeah, or yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. But, but whatever it is, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw that. But we're never going to see that. We are those never gonna are going to see that. nowhere, right? Yep. Too bad. That is too bad. So anyway, we lost that bet. Yep, we lost. We were this close. Once again, we were this close to winning. Damn it, we lost. Todd Gurley and your smart... Perfect falling play. over. No, no other team in the NFL has done that for like the last twenty years. But the Rams chose to do it on Sunday. Sean McVay's really got that team humming. It feels like, yeah. like, like that. That feels like a sign of good coaching. They that call Todd that, really does that. They actually call that a Rolex play. And what that means is the Rolex plays where you have to be aware of the clock and where it's more important to burn clock than to score. And they actually have particular plays in the Rams where they say in the huddle. This is, a, this is a Rolex play, guys, so they know, like, don't score. Yeah. Stay in bounds and don't score. It's the most important thing. Getting the first down is most important, but after that, those are the next important things. Like, And so all the players are really working on situational awareness. McVay actually does a thing where every week he has his um, assistants pull film from all the other NFL games of either plays that are weird or situations that they think other teams screwed up, and they go over all of them and try and learn from other teams' mistakes rather than their own, which is you know, winning football. I mean, that, that's smart stuff that a lot of people just aren't doing for sure. Wow. What an upgrade at coach for the Rams from, <laughs> from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. Yeah. Jeff Fisher wasn't doing that type of shit. No. Absolutely not. He was like, you know what? We've got to run between the tackles this game. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking about. Let's try a little harder, guys. That, that was it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we lost the bet and we're sad. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. And we'll review our NBA bets on the NBA podcast, by the way. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to give you guys, just in case you're wondering, we're going to do a best bet and, of course, Survivor at the end of this podcast. But in the NBA podcast, we're also going to do a best bet. Right. So don't you worry. There's best bets for everything now. You're going to be guaranteed a best bet in both sports. That's pretty fun. Yep, too bad we... We're, we're currently for the season. I think we are now... Um, well, well, because our NBA bet won, which we're going to cover, of course, in the NBA, for the, for the season, I think we're down one unit. Okay. Not so bad. No. We've been very close on a few. We've had a few miracle wins. We've had a few ridiculous losses. What are you going to do? We're still in a small sample size area here. Super small sample size. So that's good, I guess. I guess. We'll find out. Anyway. Fantasy check-in. Check-in. Check it, check it. Check the mic. No, do it more like you did before where it's like more. Fantasy. 
a fan of Jay. There you go. I'm sorry for people who are listening to this in the ear with earpods that yeah, may have heard a little. It might have. That I think. I think the equalizing of the audio recording will hopefully. I hope help, so. Help that, that, that may have really blown somebody out. Yeah, a little bit. And I do our, apologize. That's our bad. I lost that. I, I lost encouraged him to do it, and then he did it. I just went for it. And I didn't think about it till it was too late. So. I think the two main guys who stand out the most to me this week are, as I mentioned at the top of the show, James Conner and Marlon Mack. James Conner's been great all season long. Yeah. He's had, actually, he had a great first game. He sort of had mediocre next three or four games, and we were talking about, eh, maybe he's only okay. Yeah. Maybe he's not that special. But then he's been killing it again to the point where he is the number three fantasy running back in fantasy um, in half-point PPR, according to ESPN anyway, as of this week. So as of right now. So that's, and clearly he's having some dominant games of late and looks great. Um, his numbers are, he's got 599 yards on the ground. He's 4.7 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. He also has 31 receptions. He's just doing all the things you really want a running back to do. And I would guess Le'Veon would be doing better, but I don't know how much better. Yeah, I mean, it's becoming more and more like, is Le'Veon special or is it the Pittsburgh system? It, I've always wondered this about o- almost every running back. Yeah, and I agree. We aren't going to, I mean, Le'Veon is going to come back sooner or later. He's definitely going to be back by week 10. I don't know if he's going to be playing much week 10, but week 11, week 12, I'm guessing because he did not get traded. He did not come in and report and did not get traded, which is shocking to me, honestly. But somehow he's going to be on the Steelers, apparently. That's the plan. And uh, I'm, I can't imagine they're just going to bench James Conner now. For the no. rest of the season when Le'Veon's back. That seems crazy. Also, all the players hate Le'Veon on the Steelers. Right. They love James Conner. They hate Le'Veon. <laughs> James Conner's been producing. Like it, I'm guessing it's going to be some form of a, um, of a you know, group, group effort here. You know, some, I don't know. Is it just going to be like 50-50? Something like that. They both get about 15 touches, give or take. They may even lean more on Connor than Le'Veon. If they, you know, it wouldn't be crazy just to say like "fuck you, Le'Veon." But of course, that sort of plays into his hands too because he just doesn't want to get hit. Yeah, because he's like, someone's going to pay me. I don't know who, but the Raiders. I don't know. Someone's going to give me a lot of money, so it's not my problem. Although I don't know how much money is Le'Veon really going to get. Anyway? I don't know. He might end up. He might be really hurting his stock here by showing that James Connor is nearly as effective as him at yeah. the same point as being kind of a problem child. You know. Like, yep, that's a great point. And, yeah. and like James Conner's getting paid something like $900,000 a year while Le'Veon's getting $900,000 a week. Right. You know, and it's like, do we, we don't need that guy. We have this guy. And James Conner was a, a talent who had cancer. Right. So he dropped down further on the boards. But there's guys not exactly like that, but guys kind of like that every year. There's running backs you can find who are at least pretty good, who are cheap. I mean, look at this isn't perfect, but look at Sony Michelle on the Pats, who has looked great. I mean, look at Alvin Kamara. Right, exactly. We could just keep coming up with guys, yeah. really, um, who are not first-round picks. Now, I will say, the running backs who've been top, top picks lately have all looked amazing in this league. Well, like, Leonard Fournette's early. got too many injury problems. Okay, but, but, but that's not like anything you can plan right. for. Like When Leonard Fournette played, he actually played really well, and he's the worst of those guys. Gurley's been awesome. Yep. Saquon Barkley's been awesome. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's been really good. He's been really good, yep. and... I don't know. I wonder if Gordon... Gordon, to me, is the guy who I wonder the most about. Is he actually good, or is it just a sport of a system I've seen thing? some stuff where he passes the eye test for me, at least, yeah. where it's like, wow, that was good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's no question in my mind when I watch Saquon play that he is a physical specimen that is unlike yeah. most running backs. He's got a speed and a power that most guys just don't have. Dalvin Cook's been hurt. It's hard to know about him. It's hard to know. But, he, I mean, he looked good when he played, but he barely played. McCaffrey's so been good. 
McCaffrey's been good. Yeah, the, all these guys, like we haven't had a running back bust in a while. Yeah, maybe teams are being more careful about it. Maybe they're just getting lucky. Ezekiel Elliott, of course, has also been a huge, yeah, huge thing. But you can't keep taking running backs in the top ten. I don't think. No, I think you have to stop. I mean, like this. This is just another data point in evidence uh, for the fungibility of running backs. This James Conner situation. Mm. It's definitely evidence of. They had it right three to four years ago or, or five years ago when they weren't taking running backs in the first round. Yeah, it seems like that. Yeah. It's possible the Steelers are really good at picking running backs and really good at developing things, and James Conner is also a great running back. I don't think that's the case, to be clear. Yeah, I mean, like, what but if... It's possible. You put Tariq Cohen on the Steelers, does he put up similar numbers? Right, like, exactly. I don't know, but, like, Brett Favre was is a Hall of Famer, and then Aaron Rodgers came in and is a Hall of Famer, and I don't think it's because the system is so good. No, that is not fungibility. Those, those two guys are amazing, you right? Can and, see, like, you can see the accuracy of Aaron Rodgers' of throws that nobody else has. Of course. And by the way, Brett Favre, overrated. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. He's one of the three most overrated NFL players in history, probably. Okay. And the other two are? Well, I can't think of the third, but the one of the other ones, obviously, John Elway. That's, it's funny. I was thinking of John Elway, too, when you yeah. started when you started set. As soon as you said obvious, I was like, well, I would pick John Elway. I feel like it's the high interception quarterbacks yeah. who like have some Super Bowl success, exactly. like Brett Favre, you know, the gunslingers. You yeah. Know? Um, Elway was certainly really good, but he's often talked about as a top five quarterback of all time, which mystifies me. And having watched Favre, him play too, like mystifies me. I think there's five better quarterbacks in the league right now than Favre. Like I mean, and he's considered a top five quarterback sometimes. All right, you ready? Here we go. So I've been thinking about this lately. You know how um, when we did Sport NATO like two years ago or whatever, we had this whole thing on Drew Brees, and we sort of figured out, oh my god, Drew Brees is like maybe a top five quarterback of all time. Yeah. Now people would be more, I think, apt to agree with that as he's sort of hitting right. certain career milestones. But even two years ago. We sort of, I, we were like, he's at least clearly, he's top 10 for sure and maybe top five. Yeah. Which was sort of shocking to me when we actually, but when we looked at it, it seemed like it was true. Where is Philip Rivers going to end up being? I know it's hard because they've never even made the Super Bowl with him. I don't think he's in any sort of conversation. But if you like step back from that and just look at his regular season numbers and stuff like that, they are really impressive. He's, he's won so many games. He's been really good. For are you making an argument for Philip Rivers top 10? I don't know what I'm making. I'm asking the question. I think I could quickly come up with 10 quarterbacks historically better than Philip Rivers. Let's, let's do it. I'm sure we can. But I wonder if we can come up with 20. We may not be able to come well, up with 20. 20 is going to be a little harder just for memory's sake. But like, Yeah, but let, let's do 10 anyway. Obviously, Brady. Obviously, Manning. Obviously, Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Brady, Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, of course. Aaron Rodgers. Drew obviously, Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah. Those are all automatics. Those are clear automatics. Yep. I feel like Cam Newton is better than him. I disagree. Russell Wilson, fine. I disagree. You disagree with Russell Wilson? Yeah. Wow. Philip, Re- Philip Rivers has been around a really long time. These other guys haven't been... Like, he's got longevity on his side, too. He's been doing this forever. These guys haven't. Like, they don't get nearly as many points from me. They may end up being better, but they haven't. They have, they have to do it for another five years to even be in this Okay, Joe Montana. Of course. Number five, right? That's five. Easy, yes. Um, Dan Marino. Dan Marino, I'm not sure anymore. Oh, come on. Dan Marino. You're just saying that, though. You never even saw Dan Marino play. But he had, no idea. he had great numbers. He had great numbers. They threw the ball a lot. It was a volume thing. He went to the Super Bowl once and lost it. I don't he know. He probably threw less than Phillip Rivers. It's an era thing. Um, that's probably true. That's probably true. I'm not sure. You got to give me Dan Marino. I'm not giving you automatically Dan Marino. I'm not. That's stupid. Absolutely not. Um, I would guess that Elway was probably better than Phillip Rivers. Probably. Yeah. Um. There's got to be other guys we're not thinking of, right? This is crazy. For sure, there's more guys than this. Of course, there's more Steve guys. Steve Young. Steve Young is clearly better. Yeah. Steve Young, for sure. Um, what's his name? Dante Culpepper? Come on. He That's was great. Insane. No, he was not. He had one amazing year. He was not great. You're crazy. Fine. Um, 
Now, you could bring up Big Ben, and that's an interesting conversation. Oh, I think he's better than Rivers. So I guess you don't think it's an interesting conversation. You don't like Rivers, man. You just don't trust Rivers. I don't trust him. Why don't you trust him? He's totally trustworthy. Whatever. He's not top 10. We can't come up with 10 He's not 10, but is he top 20? He might be top 20. That's a big deal. He's never been to the Super Bowl, and he might be top 20. That's crazy. Hey, it's the fantasy check-in, so let's go back to that. Okay. So we were talking about James Conner. We got through the fungibility thing. Let's talk about Marlon Mack, who was the other guy you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Miss Marlon Mack, Mack, Mack. So he has played in four games, but um, really just has started and gotten all the touches in the last two. Overall, he's got 381 yards rushing, four touchdowns, and 5.8 yards per carry. That's right. 5.8 yards per carry, Grant. And yeah. he is the clear guy now in Indianapolis. The last two games he's had... I think more than 25 touches both And games. it seems like it's not a system thing there unless there's some big offensive line injury that has been resolved because the running backs who were filling in for him when Mack was injured did not do well at all. Naheem Hines yeah. did nothing. Uh, Jordan uh, Wilkins did nothing. Right. They're just not. They're just not. And, you no, know, he seems significantly better than those two guys. Now, there is an important caveat with this. The two games where he had his monster games, and to be clear, monster games means uh, against... Let's, let me just pull it up right here. So he ran for, he did 25 yards. This is on Sunday. 25 rushes for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Also four, uh, two receptions for 17 yards. The week before, 19 rushes for 126 yards and one touchdown. Three receptions for 33 yards. So he had 22 touches that game. And a touchdown as well. So he's got four touchdowns and just huge amounts of yardage. But it was, up, it was against Oakland and Buffalo. Buffalo so has a reasonable defense, though. They actually shut down the Patriots for most of yeah. the game. So that is meaningful. And they actually got great pass rush, and the Pats really struggled to score. Um, but Oakland's horrible. Yeah. And, you know, Buffalo was the kind of game where they were winning, and so they just ran the ball. And now he ran incredibly effectively. But just to say, they were also running the ball a lot. Marlon Mack is not this, though, right? He's not real. He's not, is he a top 10 fantasy running back rest of season? He can't be, can he? It seems unlikely. Now, CBS just did their trade value chart. And they have him as RB12 the rest of the way, which I thought was like, I was kind of excited yeah, but, as a Marlon Mack owner in, most, in like at least half my but leagues. Dave Richard does that, and that guy's clicking buttons, man. Okay, but he's not, I mean, he's paying attention, and this is his opinion. At least it means something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are we going to really be able to name 15 guys who you'd rather have running backs the rest of the season than Marlon Mack? Would you rather have Mark Ingram or Marlon Mack? Mack because of the timeshare thing. Exactly. Yeah. That feels like really clear, right? I, I'm really not sure if we're going to be able to name. 15 guys. Let's let's go over it really quickly. There's no one in Miami you'd rather have. Do you have like the RB like 1 through 15 up there? Because we should probably look at that. Oh, we can do it that way. I can call it up right now. Sure. I was just going to go team by team, but sure. We can just do that. Yeah. That's easy. All right. So obviously I would take Kamara over Mac. That's one. I yeah, would I would take two. Gurley over Mac. That's two. Gordon over Mac. That's three. Um, Barkley over Mac. That's four. Elliot over Mac. That's five. Kareem Hunt. Six. James Conner. Seven. Although the Conner-Levion thing gets yeah. weird, but still James Conner. Yeah, still James Conner. Seven. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Eight. James White. Mm, close. He's been killing Yeah, it. it's hard to know, though. But it's hard to know. I think I'd probably take James White over him, too. I don't know if I can name anyone else. Here's the other guys to consider. Adrian Peterson is really close, I think. Yeah, I think that's close. I would rather have Mac. I'm worried about Peterson uh, fading out as his bot because he's an old yeah. dude and he's been beat up a million times. What if Dalvin Cook comes back strong? I mean, maybe. Maybe. But You'd have to take Mac right now, Yeah, I think. Um, here's the other guys. Just I'm just going to go down like 
These are the... Oh, I'm looking at... Let me do it by position rank here so I can give you everyone, see if we've missed anybody. TJ Yeldon is in there, but obviously no. not him. David Johnson's in there. I don't think you can take David Johnson I, over Marlon No, I don't Mack, think you can either. Which is crazy. You're right. How, I mean, how fast did that yeah. happen, dude? It's, yeah. We're eight weeks into the season. And, yeah. we're like, and, no, and, and David Johnson didn't get hurt, and Marlon Mack was hurt, and still, yeah. it's Marlon Mack's world now. David Johnson's just living in it. Um, here's an interesting one. Joe Mixon. I take Mixon. Mixon's a totally reasonable guy to take over yeah. Marlon Mack, for sure. I that's, agree. That's eight. Or is Philip that Philip Lindsay? I take Mack. Um, Dave Richard has Lindsay and is a top 10 guy rest away, which was shocking to me. He is number 14 through so far through the season. He's been pretty good. Um, I would take Mac too. Tariq Cohen, I mean, you no. have to take Mac, right? Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else. I'll name some more names. I don't think there's anyone else we'd even consider, though. Um, Crowell, Murray, Latavius, that is. Alex Collins, Lamar Miller, Austin Eckler, Matt Breida, Kerryon Johnson. I'm just running down the next guys in terms of their position. You can make an argument season. for Kerryon Johnson, but I Not don't Not a good one. Yeah. I Sony Michelle, if he was healthy, maybe. If he was healthy, I think Sony Michelle's yeah. reasonable. He may be back next week, but... Maybe not. Who knows? I mean, Tevin Coleman. I'd rather have Marlon Mack. Yeah. So like we're we named like nine guys. You're right. right? You're right. He might be top ten. It's crazy. That is. I think he's top ten. Rest of the season, Marlon Mack. Let's go. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Although he does have a history of getting hurt, so it's like that should be a bit of a factor. Yeah, but it's football. Yeah, like guys have a everyone gets hurt in football. Right, but some guys get hurt more easily than others. It seems. I mean, he's been in the league for two years. He was hurt last year. He was hurt this year. It doesn't necessarily mean he's got a history. It just means it's. Happened I mean, twice. next year, Leonard Fournette is a clean bill of health. Are you scared to draft him because of health? Um, if it's a true clean bill of health, I'm not scared to draft him. All right, I kind of am. Because why? I I do feel like there is such thing as being injury prone. Sure, but do you even know what Leonard Fournette's injuries are? Legs hurt. <laughs> I mean, he's got the ouch, of, he's got the ouchy legs. There's a lot. <laughs> Stefania Bell, who of course works for ESPN.com. Yeah. Um, dot com. Yeah, she doesn't dot. work for ESPN. Just the just the dot com. I thought it was dot org. It's a separate. Those are separate entities. Oh, okay. Now. The dot org is its own government, and dot gov is of course is a nonprofit. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, she talks about how there's different kinds of injuries, and there's sort of the more fluke injuries, and then the injury prone injuries. So yeah. like. If you like tore your, if you like whatever broke your ankle, that's and then a fluke. You, you may have recurring ankle injuries. Your ankle may actually be weaker for the rest of your career, and then that's something to be worried yeah. about. If you, but there's a lot of other kinds of injuries which are totally freak injuries and sort of have nothing to do with anything. And when they heal, they heal completely. I don't know what kind of injuries Fournette has either. We would need to. know. I think they're soft tissue injuries. Like mm-hmm. all of his injuries have been like hamstring type stuff. Yeah, that that does sound like it's probably a little more recurring. Yeah, um, I don't really know, but. I wouldn't be super afraid to take him like wherever he would, you know, whatever his ADP would be next year. I'd feel pretty comfortable with that. Okay. Personally. All right. Yeah. I guess Marlon Mack's top 10. So um, let's talk about a very important thing here. The trade deadline. Yes. Uh, At the time this podcast is released, the trade deadline probably ended about two hours ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were some moves, nothing extremely huge, but there were some notable moves and there's a lot of fantasy impact involved in those moves. So I think the biggest two are receiver moves yeah. that we can talk about. Let's talk about those. Okay, well, wide receiver, again, this is for half-point PPR. That's just the stuff I have up now and sort of like yeah. covers. A lot of people are doing that these days anyway. WR19 was moved. And that is Golden, Golden Tate. Tate. Golden Tate, yeah. To the so, Philadelphia Eagles. That is interesting. I kind of love it for Philly and for Golden Tate. Now, it's going to take them a little while to get used to the system and learn the plays and everything and form a bond with Carson Wentz, but... 
I mean, their best receiver is Alshon Jeffrey, if you don't count Zach Ertz. And like, Alshon Jeffrey's pretty good. He's, he's pretty good, but he's a particular kind of receiver, and Golden right. Tate's the other kind of receiver. Golden Tate's right? a perfect complement to him. They were he's, using Nelson Aguilar as the Golden Tate-type player, but he's nowhere near good, as good as Golden Tate. Like, Golden Tate's going to catch a million balls, yeah. every so often make a really cool athletic play, and get by everyone, but... He's sort of like a much, like a 10 times better Julian Edelman in some ways in terms of athleticism yeah. and stuff, right? Like Edelman maybe is, has such a bond with Brady, it all works really well. But like, I mean, just if you put those two guys in a you know, 40-yard dash, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Edelman loses that. All right, so let's talk about fantasy values relating to this trade. Okay. What does it do for Golden Tate's fantasy value? I mean, for the short term, it depresses it. And I would guess by week, it's week eight right now, by week 11, it's going to be... Back where it was anyway. I don't know if it can go much higher. Than it's what probably going to be similar to what it was, yeah, right? Because yeah. Green, uh, Green, not Green Bay. Detroit has like good receivers, mm-hmm. and Golden Tate's competing for targets with them. The Eagles also have Alshon and Zach Ertz. He's going to be competing for targets. The Eagles have a better offense with those though. guys. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz way better than Matt Stafford these days, don't you think? Yeah, I think so, probably. So, I, I, but I still think it's probably going to be about a break-even thing for Golden Tate's fantasy value. I don't think okay. it hurts Zach Ertz at all. Agreed. I don't think it hurts Alshon Jeffrey at all. It might hurt Alshon slightly, like four weeks from now, when because right now Alshon is a little bit of the bailout guy. Yeah, like who, who isn't the running back? Like when when um, once it's going down the field, I'll, I'll often see him just like throw it to freaking Alshon because he has to because there's nothing else to do, and that may be more Golden Tate's targets sometimes. I think, and it puts Aguilar straight in the pooper. Yeah, he's done now. Yeah. He wasn't having a great year anyway, but you don't well, have to you, think about you, him anymore. Easy drop now. Yeah, if, if you were for some reason holding on to Aguilar. Agreed. Super easy drop. What about for Detroit? It just increases the value of Galladay and Jones, right? I think it doesn't really affect Jones as nearly as much as Galladay. Because Galladay is more of a possession receiver? I just feel like Jones is as maxed out as he can be. Like, they want, they've always wanted to use Jones as much as they could, and like, he just gives yeah. them what he gives them. Galladay clearly has got some room to, uh, to grow. They also barely used him last week, which was weird. Yeah. I expect this is them believing in him and also just trying to get something. They got a third-round pick for Golden Tate. I think that's a pretty good move for them since they're three and four, and their division is impossible, basically. And the NFC is impossible this year. Like, There's no way Detroit is going to come out of the NFC, right? The Rams are in the NFC. The Saints are in the NFC. They're never going to win their division or make the playoffs anyway. They're they're, they're three and four, but they're in fourth place in their division. Green Bay is the team in third place. Like, They're never passing all these teams. No. So... Yeah, I, I like. I think it's a good time to break it down and get the hell out of get the hell out of Dodge if you're Detroit. So you think it increases Galladay's fantasy value though, and not really anybody else's? That's my personal take. I wonder if it helps Carryon Johnson a little bit too, if he's going to get a few more dump offs, and yeah. maybe they're going to run the ball a little bit more too. Maybe, but that's about it. it. It may slightly hurt Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think that's true. But Matt, who's starting Matt Stafford? Like maybe in a two quarterback league. I mean, yes, in a two quarterback league. And yeah, of course, and in a in a bye week situation, you may be forced yeah. to start him. But that guy blows. Yeah, first overall pick. He's got that stigma. Gets him paid billions of dollars. He's made so much money. He's going to keep making so much money. I really wonder if he should be starting anywhere. Like, of course, he, should, he could be starting on some of the worst teams in the league and stuff. But on any team that takes itself seriously, and Matt Stafford's like 30 years old right now. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you rather be drafting a good young quarterback? And sh- like, you got Like, you're not winning multiple titles with this guy, right? We know no. that. You're like, not. You're praying to get to the Super Bowl and have good things work out, you know, and maybe you can steal a title. That's it. Like, but like if you're if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you have Pat Mahomes, you're the Rams, you have Goff. Now these are the two best teams in the league. But yeah. Like those are two quarterbacks. We could see either one of them winning multiple titles, right? Multiple MVPs, multiple titles. Stafford's never gonna win the MVP and probably probably never gonna go to the Super Bowl, let alone win one, right? Yep. So 
I think you should be breaking it all down, but I don't think Detroit's going to do that because it means losing, and they're at least a 500 team with Stafford. Now's a good time to, to break it down because the division is so difficult. The division's tough. The Rams are going to be good for the next few years while they're still on Jared Goff's rookie deal. Um, feels like a great time to break it down. Like but, The Packers might start getting worse soon because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers' twilight years, but the Vikings and Bears are going to be good for a while. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. This is a great time to just say... Let's draft a quarterback, but I just can't, I don't see him doing it yet. You know, I think they're gonna. Stafford's only thirty in their mind. They're probably gonna ride him for another four or five years. Yeah, and just be mediocre. Right, it's a terrible idea. All right, so that's the Golden Tate trade and how it affects fantasy values. Yeah. Let's go to the other receiver that was traded, Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas, who has been very disappointing as a Denver Bronco this year. WR thirty three in half point PPR. Guy uh, was what, getting drafted in like the fourth round. Yes, so that's not returning value at all. No, sir. Um, his trade to the Texans, it can only help him, right? Yes. There's no way it hurts him. Deshaun Watson is better than Case Keenum. By a lot. Yeah. The Texans' offense has started to look reasonable. Deshaun threw five touchdowns over the weekend on Thursday. Yeah. And uh, if this is means something, it's possible just they found some holes in the defense. And I mean, they found every hole in the defense. They blew right. them out, right? It was it was incredible. Um, that was the uh, that was against Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, but but if they actually are finding themselves even a bit, then this is an amazing spot. Yeah, because I mean, Demarius Thomas's value just went way up. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, if you recall last year, he's he's in theory filling in the Wolf Fuller role. He's not going to be like one B to DeAndre Hopkins one A. He's going to be solidly the number two wide yeah. receiver, which is probably going to be great for him. Wolf Fuller catches a touchdown pretty much every time he plays. Yeah, I feel like Thomas is a great touchdown threat to have on that team. Yeah. He's a nice big guy. Yeah. He can run down the field. He's very athletic. I mean, this is a great move by the Texans. They're five and three. They've really only, in my mind, won one game. They could be one <laughs> yeah. and seven, but they're five and three. They blew up. They, they handled the Dolphins. Every other game was super close and they could have lost. But now they add Demarius and they might just find themselves cruising to the playoffs anyway. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, if, if, if Deshaun Watson is finding his form for real, this team is very dangerous. Yeah, they are. And I don't think they would have made this move if Fuller had not torn his ACL. Agreed. But it's probably the smart thing to do here. Uh, an expiring contract, right? For um, Thomas? Yes, I believe so. So it's not going to like hurt them in the future. Right. They're just going to probably let him go or yeah. they'll resign him for some deal that they like that works for them too. By the way, Houston 5-3. and three, No other team in their division has a winning record or even a 500 record. They are, they're likely to cruise to the playoffs at this point. Tennessee's 3-4. and four. Indy's 3-5. and five. Jacksonville... The very disappointing Jacksonville Jaguars are three and five as well. Jacksonville also has a minus 36 point differential, which is one of the worst in the league. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Okay, so this, I don't think this hurts DeAndre Hopkins. He's still going to get all of his targets. Oh, yeah. Nothing hurts DeAndre. It hurts Kiki Kuti. It kills him. Yeah, he's dead. Destroys him. He has been murdered. It hurts Lamar Miller a little bit. It hurts whatever tight end scored two touchdowns on Thursday. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, not that anybody's really going to think he's anything anyway. Well, you never know. Yeah. It hurts him for sure. Yeah, it does. Um, I don't think it really affects on the Denver side Emmanuel Sanders' value. I think he's just going to do similar things still. And what it really affects is, uh, what's his name? Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton Sutton is just going to step into Demarius's role and be a better player than Demarius, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be like a WR, somewhere between a WR three and five, uh, fantasy-wise, right? Sutton, I think I'd go closer to three with the upside of a two. Really? Yeah, he's looked looked great. Like, even with Demarius on the field, he's looked really Hmm. good. I mean, it's just tough when Case Keenum is your quarterback. Right, but he's... He's a guy with a huge catch radius, which, you know, can help with an inaccurate quarterback. Sure. He, he's clearly the red zone threat. 
that Demarius was before and, you know, didn't, wasn't effective as, but I think Sutton is just in a better position than Thomas because he's healthy. Thomas is coming off a bunch of injuries. He's kind of older now. Yeah. Sutton's young, athletic, looks great. So Sutton is like a guy you're probably starting every week. I think it, once it's confirmed this week that he does well, which I imagine he will. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you can probably, I mean, if you're desperate because uh, it's buys and stuff like that, you could start him as a flex play right now, and it's not the end of the world, but there, there's going to be a lot of other reasonable flex plays, and he's just one of them yeah. for this week anyway. Um, yeah, but I think it's possible that he has kind of like a Galladay-style breakout where Gall- mm-hmm. what Galladay was doing earlier this year. I, I see that as a possibility. I mean, very few, very rarely do uh, young wide receivers like have good first years. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Very often, I know. I know we had that one year where everyone had yeah. a good year, the Odell Beckham year. Yeah. But usually, it takes guys a few years. So, we'll see. We'll but see. I'm I'm a little pessimistic on that, more so than you are, anyway. I don't think it does anything for Case Keenum's fantasy value either way. I don't think it matters anyway. Agreed. I mean, that guy has no fantasy value unless you're in a two quarterback yeah. league, right? You should not. You should not be on your team. You shouldn't consider picking him up off the waiver wire. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That That's is the it. whole thing. <laughs> That guy's bad. I don't think it really affects any running backs anywhere either. He's making $18 million a year, by the way. Case? Yeah. Sweet. Good for him. Good job, John Elway. You fucked up again. John Elway has just never found a quarterback, huh? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. There was that one amazing game in the playoffs. Yeah. That was pre-John Elway, though. Oh, was it? He did not draft. Josh McDaniels drafted team. And also, John Elway found Peyton Manning. Does that count? I guess it counts. I guess. You got yeah. two he's, years he's of Peyton Manning. You got coming. two years of incredible Peyton Manning and two years yeah. of shitty Peyton Manning. No, that's fine. And he got a title out of it, yeah. too. No, that, that counts. You're right. He found Peyton Manning. But since then, he's, John always drafted something like seven quarterbacks. I, looked, I saw this recently. Paxton Lynch. None of them are on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Zero wow. of them are on the team. Now, I mean, some of them are later round picks, but not all of them. Like Paxton Lynch was a first round pick. Now, yeah. again, a lot of these guys don't work out. But you, and sometimes you just got to keep taking shots. But man, like... You, when you when you do all that and you also give Case Keenum a huge deal, like I feel like you're just doing something wrong. Yep. So talk about overrated. That John Elway, in all ways, it's like yeah. the Isaiah Thomas of the NFL. Yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more trade to talk about. Okay. Ty Montgomery to the Ravens from the Packers. Ty Montgomery didn't have any fantasy value before. Does he have any now? Nope. Does it hurt Alex Collins? Just the slightest bit. It hurts Buck Allen more, I guess. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it really hurts any. I think time. My guess is Ty Montgomery's just going to sort of like be like a utility guy and run out. You know, run out wide sometimes. Sometimes carry the ball. But how many touches is he going to get per game? Six. I mean, it's just not going to hurt anybody that bad. Now, do you think this is a reaction to what happened on Sunday? Do you know about the situation? The f- you mean the fumble thing? Yeah. So this is what happens on Sunday. Um, the critical moment, fourth quarter of the game, Ty Montgomery is back to return the kickoff. He is told by the coaching staff, if it's in the end zone, you take a knee. Earlier on, Ty Montgomery had been taken out of the game. He was upset about it. He was complaining on the sideline. He decided to catch the ball halfway in the end zone and take it out yeah. because he was wanted to show them that he had value or something. And he got to the 17-yard line and fumbled in a huge error. You know, yeah. cost them the game probably. Well, hard to know, but it was a big, it was a big spot. It was a big spot. I wonder if that got him traded. Oh, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm pretty Ty, much. You're out of here. Yeah. yeah they got, they like, got something we for don't, him. We don't really use you anyway. Like, we don't right. care about you. We don't need you. Yeah. By the way, we're 3-3-1. Three, three and one, And we're not, like, the Rams are going to, the Rams are coming out of the, the NFC, not us. Like, obviously, the, the Packers probably think there's a chance because they have Aaron Rodgers. Anyway. Yeah, of course. But, like, Ty Montgomery's probably not the difference maker whether they get there or not. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's totally a reaction to that. I don't know what Baltimore gave up. We'd have to look, but I, I imagine it was almost nothing, like a sixth-round pick yeah. or seventh-round pick. Or yeah, and I, yeah, so I don't think this really affects fantasy. The most affected fantasy value, I believe, is Buck Allen because he's a guy who, like, you could flex in a, in a pinch. I mean, quite the pinch. But quite yeah. a pinch, but now I don't think you can. I don't think you can consider starting him. Yeah, I mean, you at least have to see if they, how and if they use Montgomery. Right. Agreed. Um, okay, well, maybe that leads us to a leads us out of the fantasy check-in segment and into just more football talk. So there's uh, what? What do you mean by just more football talk? You know, we'll talk more about the NFL. That's what I was thinking. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. General NFL speak. I mean, basically, it's just we got. I think there there's a few teams that clearly stand out as the best teams in the league, and I want to just sort of like establish a pecking order as best we can right now. Okay. okay. So here's my pecking order. I'm doing this sort of on the fly, but I think it's pretty straightforward. For me, Rams are number one. Yeah, I agree. Chiefs are number two. I think I agree with that. I got New England number three and New Orleans number four. You with me so far? That's all reasonable. Yeah. I think you could put them in almost any order, those four teams, honestly, and it would be reasonable. I Except mean, the for Pats p- did beat the Chiefs. Yeah. But at home by three. Um, that's true. And honestly, Mahomes had a really bad first half, which he probably won't have again. He missed yeah. some guys he shouldn't have missed. Like, I think the Chiefs are better than the Pats, as, you, as I made them number two. I think the least reasonable of those teams to put it number one is the Saints, but I still think you could, you could convince me they're the best if, if you had good arguments. Well, you they know? are hosting the Rams next this coming week. That's so going to be gonna, a good game. We're going to know more about that. I'm excited soon. to see that. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's like the top four, and I agree with you in some order. Then, to me, it starts to get interesting when you think about number five. So here's some candidates for number five, and here's who I got. Okay. Possible candidate number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 4-2-1. and one. Yep. They always, they always make the playoffs. They're always good. Um, another candidate is the L.A. Chargers. They're 5-2. and two. Mm-hmm. They've been quite good. Cincinnati's 5-3. and three. I don't really no, think so. No. Houston's 5-3. and three. You've got to have to prove it a lot no. more to me. Um, Washington's 5-2. Get out of town. No way. <laughs> the Bears currently are leading their division, but they're 4-3, and three, and I don't believe. Uh, no, they can't be number five. To me, the number five team is the Carolina Panthers. What about the Vikings? The Vikings are 4-3-1. and one. The Buffalo went to their place and blew them out. Yeah, but I'm that was not ready. That feels like an anomaly at this point. Um, they've been performing pretty well. They've been pretty good. They've been pretty good. Let's look at their schedule. Let's get, let's get a feel for it. So in the regular season, they beat San Francisco by eight. They lost at Green Bay. Oh, sorry. They tied at Green Bay. My mistake. They got blown out um, hosting Buffalo. They went to the Rams, only lost by a touchdown. They beat Philly. They beat Arizona. They beat the Jets, and they just lost to New Orleans by 10. And they weren't really in the New Orleans game too yeah, much. Yeah, I guess they aren't number five. It's close. I, but Carolina just beat up on the Ravens, so I probably would have had it number five if, yeah. they didn't, if they had won that game. But instead, they got really crushed. They had the best defense in the league by a lot in terms of points allowed, and Carolina just scored, put up 36 on them like it was nothing, and were way ahead the entire game. Yeah. So I feel like Carolina somehow, some way is – is the fifth best team in the league right now. Are you sleeping on Washington a little bit? Maybe. Because they are 5-2, and two, and Adrian Peterson looks really good. Yes. Alex Smith can be a winning quarterback. He's proven that before, and Washington's defense is pretty good. Yeah, but, like, Alex Smith, it's like even the way you parse your words around Alex Smith is really yeah. telling, isn't it? Like, he can be a winning quarterback. Cam Newton was the MVP and went to the Super Bowl and can win games for you for sure. Alex Smith... Eh, not so much. That yeah. matters. Here's me. a here's a fun stat. Yeah, uh, 
Alex Smith has the best ratio of amount of passes thrown to interceptions in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Who has the worst? It's someone we know, I guess. Yes, he's a current NFL player. Jameis Winston. Nope. Oh, boy, that was a good guess. He's a really bad current NFL player. Nathan Peterman. It's Nathan Peterman. Of course it is. Here's another fun stat. Hey, yeah, go ahead. In order for that ratio to even out, for their ratio <laughs> to be the same, yeah. Alex Smith would have to throw 90 straight interceptions and no touchdowns in this next week. Mm. It would have to happen immediately <laughs> without Peterman throwing another pass. Yeah. And uh, that's how they even out. Well, guess what? Peterman is going to throw another another pass because he's starting the bills have announced he's starting for them i mean they have to start him they don't have anyone else Derek anderson he has a concussion yeah they can't start him um alan's hurt there's no one else they're starting the peterman one more time i predict pain massive massive pain. this is evidence of collusion against colin kaepernick if anything else by the way they're hosting the bears (laughs) oh he's gonna get killed he's gonna get destroyed well khalil mack didn't play last week but seems like he's on track to play so um, yeah. I believe people think he is. He's going to get straight yeah. up murdered by Khalil Mack. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a similar stat that I saw was something about Belichick's winning percentage and like what it would take to um, for him to get to Hugh Jackson's winning percentage. And it's something like the recently yeah. fired Hugh Jackson, by the way. It's something like Belichick has to lose every game for like nine straight years or 12 straight years or something insane like that to um, to match winning percentages. I think it's even worse than that. It's something it's like something unfathomable, you know, because. All he does is win, and Hugh Jackson has never won anything ever in his life. He won three jobs. games. Three games. Three games total. Yeah. For the, for the Cleveland. Out of 40. Yeah. So they fired him, and they also fired Todd Haley. Apparently, there's the news on that, by the way, is Hugh Jackson decided to, decided to fire Todd Haley, was walking to fire him, and they called Hugh Jackson into the office and fired him. And then they went and fired Todd Haley, too. That's awesome. <laughs> but the thing is that doesn't make sense is then they named Greg Williams as the coach and didn't fire him because that guy sucks. That guy does suck. Apparently, the locker room uh, respects him and listens to him, and they felt like the other guys everyone hated and didn't even listen to. And they're just like, we just have to get through the season at this point. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're Cleveland, aren't you like, shouldn't you be tanking? Yeah, but they, they want to instill some confidence in Baker Mayfield, I think. That's true. I mean, I guess they want Baker Mayfield to be great, so yeah. you don't wor- worry about tanking as much. You have... You've got a lot of young players on that team. You're, you'd like to win some more games if you could. Yeah. But, hey, you've already won more games this year than you did all, you know, the last two seasons. Yep. Because, you know. Because you were terrible. I mean, they put up a January 31st for those two seasons, you know. They were 1-31. <laughs> January 31st. Yeah, they were 131, man. Cool. So, like, that's brutal. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hey, back to best teams. No conversation about the Eagles at five. They are the defending champions. They are. They're 4-4. Four and four. Wentz is finally starting to look a little better. The last two weeks, he's been better and starting to look more like old school Carson Wentz. They're a reasonable guy. They're reasonable to talk about. They did just improve a little bit to picking up Golden Tate you know, down the line. We think that's yeah. going to help them. Um, I don't think right now they're my number five team. I think that two weeks from now, I might be talking about them as the number five team. I could see that personally, but I'm not ready. But I think they're, you know, they're in the conversation. They're in the top 10, even at four and four, personally, for me. What do you think? They're in the conversation. How about Seattle? They're four and three and sort of a surprising four and three. Not not to, not as the top five team, but just like where do you think they I they think rank? it's like there are there is a universe where they are the fifth best team. I think like they crazy got they historically always get off to slow starts. Russell Wilson just put up a perfect game yes. and has looked great for the past three or four weeks. Yeah. Just like really great. The thing is Seattle used to have a great defense and everyone it's, was coming into the season, everyone thought their defense was gonna be awful. It's actually pretty good. So it's no one knows anything, I think, is the uh, lesson. Seattle's here. defense 
while it lost the Legion of Boom, is actually pretty good anyway. Like, Seattle, they have reasonable defense. Second least uh, number of points allowed in the NFC. That's so not good there. Maybe a very good defense. Yeah. So maybe Seattle is somebody everybody's sleeping on because of the Legion of Boom being gone. Third least uh, number of points allowed in the NFL. Seattle might be the fifth best team. Yeah. If Russell Wilson's real and its defense is as good as they seem to be, maybe they're the fifth best team. Maybe they're getting it together. And that seems crazy. Yeah. Man. I really no, thought it was going to be a bad year for them. No but. one knows anything. Yeah. NFL is so high variance, man. Yeah. It's hard. All right. Should we, get, should we move on to uh, some of our bets? Okay. Sounds good. Best bet time, survivor pool time, cool stuff like that. Yep. Bro. All right. Cool. Do you want to start or should I start? Sure. I'll start. Okay. What do you got? I um, have one bet personally. Mine are both bad belly bets for the NFL. Okay. The Bears are traveling to Buffalo to pay the, play the Bills. And it is an extremely low over-under for total points scored at 37. Now, you know the Peterman is playing. I do. Okay. I want to take under 37. You think that's a bad belly bet? Yeah. Under 37? Why do you think that? Because 37 is such a low number, and the Bears have kind of a high-octane offense. People are going to think that that's going to be a, a good over spot. Boy, I think you're crazy. I got to tell you. Like, I think people will say... Um, nobody bets unders anyway. Nobody bets unders. That's true. But if you're ever going to bet an under, this is an under to bet. The Bears have got one of the better defenses in the league. Nathan Peterman never can never score a damn thing. All he does is throw picks. The Bears could win 34 to nothing, and this game could go, go under, right? Yeah. Um, what's my point with that? I don't know. I think also that at the same point, the Bears defense... Oh, it's not a bad belly bet. That's my right. point. The Bears defense has been slightly overrated, I think. Okay. They've given up some, some big points a couple different weeks. I mean, it's really reasonable to think the Bills aren't going to score more than, like, nine points in this game, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe zero points. The Bears could score 27. The Bills could score nine. Well, it feels like a bad belly because the, under, the, the number is so low. That's, that's what makes me feel like a bad belly. It, it doesn't see. I actually like it as a bet, but not be, not as a bad belly, bet. it doesn't feel like a bad belly. It feels like, of course, the number's low. It has to be low. The Bears are a good defense and Peterman's fucking starting. So to me, it's not a bad belly. OK, bet. let me rearrange the way I think about this. Then, OK. And say maybe with the confluence of both the number being very low and people not wanting to bet unders very often and there being a lot of logical reasons why it could go under. Maybe that's just a reason to bet it. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I don't, I don't hate it as a bet. Okay. Um, I just don't, yeah, I just don't think it's like an anti-public bet. Okay. I think, I think people would, would be like, yeah, the under. I, I imagine the public's going to be on that. The public is never on the under. That's not true. The public is rarely on the under. This, Zero percent this, of the time. This is a really good candidate for the public to be on the under. Well, if it was Peterman 50, started. the public would be on the under for sure. Yeah. 37. 37, they really might be too. I don't know about that. Well, but what are you basing that on? Cheese and soup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what's your other one? Uh, okay. So I this feels like a, a bad belly bet to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll disagree with me again. Probably call will. me crazy and all these things. Okay. New Orleans is hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. And New Orleans is fi- a favorite. Yeah. Minus two, two points. Yeah. I I want to bet the New Orleans side. That feels wrong. Yeah. That's I. That's my bet. Yeah. As well. And it's for the same reason you're talking about. Like, oh my God, how in the world could New Orleans be favored? Yeah. The Rams are undefeated and look like gods. Yeah. They're favored. So yeah, I mean, that, that one, that's my bet for the very same reason. That has got to be a bad belly bet. Yeah. For sure, the public is going to be wildly 
on the Rams in that, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd How expect the Rams, the Rams be, to be minus two. Yeah, maybe even minus three and a half. Yeah. Like, you know, something like even not just the key number, the key number with the hook. Right. Um, yeah, this feels like sort of shocking. That's like, that's, this is to me the definition of a bad belly bet right here. Like you look at that and it's like, what? Yeah. That's a weird thing. That can't be right. And that means you're supposed to bet it. That, so to me, that's like, I'm all, I'm all totally down with that and, and agree that that's a bad belly bet. Okay. So I guess we're going to bet that one. Let's definitely bet that one. We both like that one. Yeah. Um, I don't hate the under on the other one either. I'm open to that. I think, you know, Peterman's starting. More How bets. can it be? More bets is more fun. Yeah, as well make it. it. Let's bet them both. You got anything else? Or that, that's no, no, it. that's my bet. Okay. That's the, that's the bet I All right, so well. we'll take under 37 bears at Bills and New Orleans minus two hosting the Rams, which can't be right, but let's do it anyway. That's why you know that's what makes it right. Yeah. You're all going to see. This is guaranteed to come in, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> this is the automatic win. Okay. The bad belly bets are always, when they're this bad, they always come through. I'm proclaiming it. That so sounds that good. good. Okay, one other thing we want to check in on in the NFL before we end the show, which is Survivor Pools. So here's what's up this week in Survivor. It's Mo- a tough week. Most of you don't care because most of you are out of your Survivor yes, Pools. Yes, but a few of them might, might still be in. Sometimes people will start you know, a second-half Survivor Pool. More, there are more of those this year be, than, than normal because so many people were out in the right. first month. There's been a lot of upsets. Yeah, like week one, we lost like some crazy amount of people, right? Um, so here's the stuff to look at this week in Survivor. There's really only two teams that are favored by more than a touchdown. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at Cleveland. You probably burned them already if you're in there. Possibly. And Chicago at Buffalo. And there's a spider descending on Jonathan, and he's terrified of it. That's ah, fine. Um, <laughs> so those are the two teams that are like that. There's a, one team is a touchdown favorite. That's Carolina hosting Tampa Bay. Now, Ryan Fitzmagic is back, baby. But still, that's a pretty good spot as well. Um, in terms of future value, Cleveland, sorry, the Kansas City still has huge future value. Uh, Chicago doesn't. Chicago doesn't really have any other good games the rest of the season. So if it's possible to take Chicago and you're not worried about lots of people being on it, that would be great. Of course, when we look at Yahoo users and how they're distributed, it's sort of broken up by the, the best games. So 22% on Chicago, 25% on Kansas City, and 21% on Carolina. By the way, 15% are on Dallas also, Tennessee minus 6.5. So you sort of have it broken up into those four games, sort of evenly broken up too, which makes me a little more open to just taking Chicago in this spot. Yeah, like, I let's think burn if... burn that bullet. Definitely. And you probably don't have Kansas City anyway, right? Like You're unlikely to have them, and if you do, there's going to be better spots. Let other people take Kansas City this week. You got Arizona next week. They're going to be a two-touchdown favorite hosting Arizona just next week. Yeah. That's the best. That's the, probably the, That is actually the second-best spot for the rest of the season. The best spot is week 16, Pats hosting Buffalo. But, like, I think absolutely don't take Kansas City if you can avoid it. Let, it, let, let your opponents take them instead. Unless everyone's already taken Kansas City except you, then you could consider it. Yeah. Because then it's, it's kind of a good spot to yeah. do. But, man, it's a great time to burn Chicago. Yeah, I mean, the Bears, the Bears are a good team, but they're not Kansas City. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, if you don't have Chicago available, you, Dallas is reasonable also. They do not have any kind of good future games, so this is a good time to burn that bullet. They're hosting Tennessee, six-and-a-half-point favorites. You're just going to lose that a fair amount. Be ready. Like, about a third of the time, you lose. Yeah. Um, so, But that as you get later and later in the NFL season, you have to take more of these kinds of spots where you're only a 66% favorite, and you're going to need lucky things to happen to win your survivor pool. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. You know, you got to run good. So... 
Jay, I think still, Chicago's the best. If you're still in, congratulations, by the way. You're, you're getting down to it. Yeah, you should be really down to it. And this is one of those spots where, like, if there's five players left and everyone has Kansas City left, let everyone else take Kansas City. You take Chicago. Yeah. If Kansas City gets upset somehow, some way, they are going on the road, Chicago wins, you're just, it's just over. That sounds good. Yeah, that's beautiful. And also, if they don't and, can't, and everyone wins, next week you get Kansas City and they're a 14-point favorite. And no other team is more than a – well, I guess Green Bay is going to be an eight-and-a-half-point favorite next week against Miami. No other team is even a seven-point favorite. Actually, the Rams are. But they're a seven-point favorite against Seattle. But there's – like, you'll have by far the best favorite spot next week if everyone takes Kansas yeah. City this week. So it's a beautiful spot to set up by not taking them. Yep. Woo, Bears. But let's go, Bears. Oh, you said it. Let's, you mean it. I obviously Forever. <laughs> it's too late now. I can't take it back. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's the NFL podcast. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow we're going to have our NBA podcast. We're going to talk about all things NBA as well as pick our best bets for the NBA and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Come on right back. <laughs>